Hi, my name's Diana Trepkoff, and I'd like to welcome you to my new podcast called Can I Help Find Your Missing Loved One? I'm a forensic artist who's completed hundreds of law enforcement cold cases, and I can tell you firsthand the pain and suffering I have witnessed on families of missing loved ones. I can see the pain on their face, I can hear the pain in their voice, and I feel it in my heart. My dream is that all missing persons will be found and there will never be another missing person ever again. That's what I pray for. That's what I hope for. And that is my dream. So please welcome my new podcast, Can I Help Find Your Missing Loved One? And one by one, let's bring these missing loved ones home. Thank you. Yesterday as I was driving, I was thinking of Noreen Greenlee, Shelley Greenlee, and this song came on from Simple Minds, Don't You Forget About Me. And I just thought, wow, the pain and suffering that the family is, the Greenlee family has gone through. It's just so sad and it's not fair. And um, Shelley passed away searching for her sister nonstop and it really broke my heart and Shelly was amazing. I want to talk a little bit about Shelly and then we'll talk a little bit about Noreen and then we have Mandy speaking from her heart. What I loved about Shelly Greenlee, who is Noreen's sister, is that she had this, she was so genuine and she had this unstoppable like urge passion just to find out the truth what happened to her sister where is she she promised you know her parents she, she'll never stop searching for her and um even while Shelly was going through chemotherapy she had cancer um you know she would miss appointments and come to my house for an interview with global news and um and Mandy came to and it was, um, it just, I just think back on how hard, how hard Shelly and how much pain she had inside her heart and how hard she's been searching. The whole family's been searching for Noreen and what they went through is really sad. And I interviewed Kelly Greenlee. Um, you can see it on the podcast, like you can listen to the whole interview and she tells the whole story in great detail, what they've all gone through. So I wanted to say this is dedicated to, to Noreen and Greenlee, dedicated to Shelly, who lost her life to cancer and um, just tried so hard to find Noreen and to the entire Greenlee family. You're always in my heart and I'll always try my best to help you in any way that I can so we can get answers. And I wanted to say, um, I remember going on Rogers News with Rogers TV 
with um, Shelly and she was um, so upset and she didn't feel that well and she says I want to take off my wig and let people know I don't have much time and um, I'm gonna be really honest here I was like oh, I don't really think that's a good idea like I should have just let her do what she wanted to do she's speaking from her heart let her say what she wants to say I've always felt guilty after when she passed away thinking who was I to say, no, no, don't cut up the police when you're with me on TV and, and don't take off the wig. Let's just really try and work hard to get answers. But who was I to say that? Honestly, whatever she wanted to do, I should have just been like, it's from your heart. You, you, you know, you speak from your heart and I'm here to support you in any way that I can so we can find Noreen. So that's one regret I have there. But I'll always love Shelly. Always love Shelly. We would talk on the phone for hours. And um, and Chuck Nash was also very passionate about the case from Durham Regional Police. He retired. And um, yeah, I'm just, I'm hoping the truth will come out and Noreen will be found. So once again, this is dedicated to Noreen who disappeared at 13 years old. And um, we believe she was abducted and um and hopefully um answers are going to come through soon so she was 13 years old her birthday was may 16 1950 she did look younger than 13. her height was 5'2 she was about 100 pounds she was her build was slight her complexion was light fair she had light brown hair um her eyes grayish blue on a police report from way back and um Really good looking girl, really beautiful, gentle eyes. And I did her age progression years ago and, and Shelly loved it so much, the family loved it. So it always, those memories will always stay in my heart. And um, yeah, and she was wearing a white blouse, white panties and bra, black running shoes, peach pinky sweater, black jeans, a fine silver chain around her neck with a blue pendant. And she was carrying a small navy dome change purse with 70 cents when she left home. And um, she left her residence and took a bus to Bowmanville to go bowling. After bowling, left a girlfriend's house to take the bus to return home at 11.30 p.m. And she didn't get on the bus. So we're hoping someone will come forward with the truth. And again, um, she disappeared in Bowmanville, Ontario. And this is for you, Noreen Ann Greenlee. And, um, and here's um, from Mandy's heart. She's going to explain what they have all gone through, the mental torture. Love you all. Bye-bye. Hi, Diana. Um, I want to first start off by saying thank you so much for having us back on the podcast and continuing to help keep Noreen's story alive just as you do for so many other families and um, just to bring awareness and and to keep that information out there and in public because it matters to people it matters to the families of the loved ones that have gone missing and that affects generations generations and generations and is exhausting and hopeful and then not at the same time so I, I thank you for the work that you do and 
I very much appreciate it, and I know my mom did too. And um, my name is Mandy Jones. I am the eldest daughter of Shelly Elaine Greenlee, who was uh, Noreen Ann Greenlee's uh, youngest sister. Uh, Noreen's 60th anniversary is coming up, and uh, it's crazy. It's crazy when I think about it because Noreen's been missing for longer than my mother was alive. And uh, that's a hard pill to swallow. The, you know, I, I see trauma and I, I want to poke myself in the eye because it's so much more and it's so hard to explain the hurt and the pain that Noreen being taken has caused. And, you know, like I look at just seeing and feeling all the things that my mom went through and and my aunts and uncles it just my mom was the closest so I seen her I want to say craziness every day but it wasn't it was the effects of what happened after Noreen went missing and you know my mom went into care and my my uncle and my their family just got so separated and divided and things that happened to some of them when they were in care were just unspeakable. And uh, how do you have a, a healthy, happy, memorable life when you have your sister go missing and then being placed into foster care that was not safe and good at that time? And don't get me wrong, my mother was an amazing, amazing woman, and uh, I will never know the depths of her strength, um, but she made a promise to her mom, and she honored that for her whole life, her whole life she kept cycling in the hope and the determination and the, the need to find her sister and bring her home and lay her to rest and breathe. Just be able to breathe and cry. And this happened to me and my family and, and for her to just lay her to rest with her mom. And, uh, my mom never got the chance to do that. And uh, I was hoping when we had the dig that I was gonna be able to bury my mom with her dad and we were gonna be able to bury Noreen with her mom and it didn't turn out that way. Um, but my mom never ever stopped searching and we would be driving down the road somewhere and she'd think like I wonder if Noreen's here I wonder if she's buried here and you know we'd stop at different places when there was they were doing construction and she talked to the construction workers and god I still do that to this day you know they're building on old uh, highway 57 which is now Bowmanville Avenue I think and you know I, I stop and I talk to people and say you know like somebody went missing in 63 and you know that was my aunt and you know, just be mindful when you're digging. And, you know, I, I sound like a crazy freaking person. Um, but that's what my mom went through. And that's how it affects our family through generations. And, you know, like, 
I remember my mom, she was such a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> um, I remember my mom, we'd go to the police station and she would lose it on the detectives and not understand and, you know, just want to see the files and they finally let us see some of the stuff and I'm sure it's stuff that they are, had already kind of knew that there was no or thought that there was no leads to and we'd go through it for hours and hours and we weren't allowed paper and pen to write things down we weren't allowed to record so it was so hard because you'd do it on memory and like I was young and my mom my mom's memory was amazing though and um sometimes I don't know if that was good or bad because we you know we'd read through things and you'd hear just things that were happening and it was horrible and it was almost like re-traumatizing because you you know then you continuously think the worst case scenario and you're trying to put things together and it was hard it was so hard and I remember my mom when we were going to do the interview with you uh, Diana and I was so upset with her because she was missing treatment and and I understood how important this was to her. Like, it's been something that we've gone through our whole life. Like, her whole life and then, you know, my whole life. And But I was angry because I just thought, like, you need to get treatment. You need to be consistent with treatment because you can die. Like, I need you and you're living. And uh, she was determined, though. There was no, <laughs> there was no telling my mother no. And, uh... Uh, it's one of the reasons that I loved her so much and one of the reasons I wanted to strangle her sometimes. But uh, she never gave up and uh, always, always, always had hope and pushed and pushed. And that's something our whole family has always done. And uh, the pain that my mom went through and the reliving things over and over and My heart hurts so bad for her. And it uh it shouldn't have happened and it shouldn't Noreen should have been found. <laughs> and sixty years we're still here. And you know, we our family goes through so much. We go through newspaper articles and try to, you know, find connections and talk to people and interview people and, you know, weed out people that kind of say they know what's happening and, or they know what happened and, you know, it's just a, not, <laughs> not that, um, but you get hopeful and then, you know, at the dig, you get hopeful and then something else happens and you get hopeful and, and I, disappointment isn't the word, like, it's just like this horrible feeling of just enough like it's enough now and it's time to come home and for us to bury her and for us to be able to breathe um and like I said by all rights this isn't even my story but this is how it carries on and uh I look at even things like safety with my kids and how I was pretty crazy about stuff like that and you know I my I used to have a safety route with my daughter and uh she didn't come home one day she went a different way and we were like two blocks from the school and she went through the forest and it was the most horrifying feeling ever and uh 
that's how it affects it. It, it. Like, that's how it affects generations. You know, we, we ended up moving to Newtonville and we had a house and it was right on Highway 2 and the bus company was arguing with me about, you know, not picking her up in, in the, right in front of the house. They had to pick up at the bus stop and I said, no. <laughs> like, no, I had worked shift work and uh, I wasn't up when she was getting on the bus just before 7 and and I fought with them and I just said, listen, this is why and this is why you need to do this and they did change it, but, you know, that it, it just affects you and your and your family in so different ways, so many different ways through generations and I think we just, we want to be able to have closure and and put Noreen to rest with her family and and just breathe, you know. Um, I'd love to say that we don't, we, we, I'd love to say that, you know, we just want to bring her home and, and not have justice, but my mother would be rolling in my grave if I said that. <laughs> so it's a little bit of both, but um, it's time to bring her home. And I think that part of what happens is you know you think about your family and you don't want to bring family shame or people talking and, and all of these things but it's been 60 years and you're not protecting like when, when you don't speak up and say things because somebody does know something like when people say that it, it, there is and you can't discount the littlest things that were happening or that made you feel uncomfortable or your parents said you know don't be around this person or or didn't leave you alone with a person or or any of those things like those things matter and it could be something so small and, and, and seemingly insignificant to you but it could be something so big for our family and and you don't need to protect people that hurt children and and it it's not your burden to bear you know if you know something or or knew of something that's on them that's not on you and by not saying anything you're protecting that person and you're not protecting the victim which is Noreen and our family so I, I ask you I beg of you to if you do know something then please speak up speak up I've worked in social work for the last 20 years and since my daughter was small, we always did um, this event. It's called Take Back the Night, and it's an it's an event for women and children to feel safe at at nighttime without fear of sexual violence. Violence, and we march down the streets, and you know we we try to encourage, empower, and try to take back the night. And every year, we there's there's a big um, banner that they put out and. And every year, for years and years, my my kids put Noreen's name. I put Noreen's name, and it it's to keep her memory alive, but also because you have hope. You have hope that things are gonna come to fruition, and you're gonna be able to bring your loved one home, and our family is gonna have peace. And I know my mom's up there with Noreen. I know she is. And I know she probably looks down and still sees the burden that the, our family carries. And I hope that we're going to find her. I hope that someone is brave enough to speak up and speak out. We just want closure. We want to bring her home. We want to bring home a 13-year-old girl.
and bury her with her parents. Think about it. Think about 13 years old, whether it's your kids, whether it's your grandkids, and then think about them just vanishing, vanishing. It's not even imaginable. Thank you for taking the time to listen. And if you know something, please speak out. And help bring our family closure. Thank you. Since it's the 60th anniversary of Noreen Ann Greenlee missing, sadly, Shelley passed away. And here's some interviews from the past with Shelley. And I wanted to include her in this because I know it would mean so much to her as she's never forgotten. You'll now hear Shelley Greenlee and myself and Joyce. We were on the panel speaking um, on Rogers TV and Mandy was in the waiting room. And here's Shelley speaking. You know, we just want my sister. We want to bring her home. You know, we promised my mom and dad that we wouldn't leave this world until we did that. And we need to do that for our own healing. Absolutely. This has been just devastated our family for generations. Mm -hmm. And it's enough. Yeah. Like, it's enough. How did you become involved with the family? Um, it was actually my boyfriend who cut out from the newspaper, news advertiser, the walk they were doing for Noreen. And he had it up on his kitchen. And he said, Diane, we should do this walk. And I looked into the case. I'm like, oh, that's so nice of you. That's great. Um, so I Facebooked them. We met them. We talked about it and ended up doing VH progression. They're an awesome family. They have a heart of gold. And they went through mental torture like many families do. And so I ended up um, aging Noreen from 13 to 65. And here's a little bit of the interview from Global News. Um, Shelly Greenlee, she missed her chemo appointment and came to my house. Um, and Lama Nicola came over from Global News and Mandy and Alana. And we um, had the interview here. And it was really, it was really sad, but we all, we, we never gave up on hope. There was a car parked at the bus stop. The car was similar to this one, a 1957 to 59 Blue Ford Perfecto, a rare car imported into Canada, but it was never found by police. The eyewitness had said that he had seen a young girl sitting next to um, a man wearing a fedora hat in this type of car. Greenlee was 13 years old at the time. This is what she would look like now at age 65. This part of the face right here would still be her, no matter what. If she weighed more and weighed less, it's still that nose, the eyes, the mouth, and the teeth, her original teeth I got showing in the age progression. Her family has recently taken their search to social media. They want this cold case in the forefront, hoping it will jog someone's memory. They say they are tortured by the mystery. It trickles down through the bloodline. You know, now I'm doing research and it's consuming. You know, I just, my mom's sick. We want to get answers. Greenlee has cancer and doesn't know how much time she has left. There's a hope that she's alive, but, you know, it's a very small one. Even if we could find her remains, put her with my mom and dad. I told my promise my mom we would find her. It's just never ending. Lama Nicola, Global News. Oh, and just watching that, my eyes get watery. Um... I just want to hug Shelly and 
and all of them and and say I'm so sorry and um, Shelly I believe you're watching us from above and with everyone carrying so much and we're all pulling together working hard as a team we're really hoping Noreen will be found thank you everyone for listening thanks for listening can I help find your missing loved one is created produced and hosted by Diana Trepkoff associate producer and sound editing by Marty Brown Please don't forget to call in any tips. Thank you.